We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Oh, it is hot out there. Holy smokes. Oh, everybody. <laughs> you know, you're going to hear, a, you know, I, I usually pride myself on audio quality of this podcast, but you are going to hear a lot of monkey business in the background because um, I, all the windows are open, all bets are off. It was over 100 degrees today and global warming is on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, if you, if you uh, missed it, uh, there's a beagle next door who is barking his head off. But uh, thanks to global warming, you all get to hear it on the podcast. So, if in the future you say, oh, there's no such thing as, there's no such thing as global warming. Uh, if Paul Lynn rises from the dead, Paul Lynn zombie rises from the dead and uh, is apparently a shill for the fossil fuel industry, he will say that to you, and then you will listen to this podcast and say, you know what? Zombie Paul Lind is wrong. There actually is uh, global warming because uh, it went from foggy and overcast, kind of, you know, we'd start, I would start out the morning with one of those, um, oh, uh, Sergeant Carter bomber hats, you know, Sergeant Carter from Hogan's Heroes, you know, the World War II concentration camp comedy. <laughs> comedy, where they, <laughs> they so in the Germans, Nazis, it's just so, so funny. Yeah, that show. Yeah, where uh, uh, stupid Nazis and uh, smart Americans dig an enormous tunnel and uh, have all kinds of gadgets. God, I love that show. God, that it was such a fantastic show. All right, now the premise, idiotic. But, oh, God, great theme song. Okay, no words. Uh, maybe we should make some. Here are Nazis and smart Americans, a French guy and a black guy, and the British guy who will later host Family Feud, and it's... All right, so, all right, well, I'll work on it, I'll work on it, come on, you know, it's, uh, I'm not to say that, uh, I'm giving up on it. Uh, I'm just saying I have a lot of projects working, going, happening right now, and I maybe, I cannot work on the lyrics for Hogan's Heroes, but... If Greg Kinnear, you know, because Greg Kinnear played Bob Crane, a.k.a. Colonel Hogan, in the uh, semi-biopic movie Autofocus, where, god damn it, will that beagle ever shut up? All right, anyway, uh, he, a semi-biopic of uh, Bob Crane, who, by the way, I always watched Hogan's Heroes, and I looked at Bob Crane, and I thought... He kind of looks like my dad. And you know what it is, is my dad and Bob Crane have uh, the same um, Salon VO5 uh, uh, comb-over gel thing that everybody had in the 70s. But I love that show. And that show really kind of screwed me up a little bit because um, I love uniforms. I love, I don't know, this is kind of a weird aspect I never really delved into. But when I was a kid, I loved sports, but I didn't really love sports. I loved more of like iconography. I loved 
quizzing myself on, well, here's a helmet. Well, who are, who are, who are those guys? And, and those guys, oh, that uniform, I recognize those. Like, it was almost my own little quiz show. I don't know what that is, because I also loved the military for the same reason, where I would, uh, we had a world book encyclopedia that I believe my mother bought from a man who was selling encyclopedias door to door. How crazy is that? Like, like that job even existed in 1979, I think is when we got it. Anyway, World Book Encyclopedia, they had this section of every branch of the military, and it would show you uh, the rank, and this is what, you know, they would have silver bar, or, and that would mean lieutenant, or, but in that, you know, branch of the military, it meant lieutenant, but in this branch of the military, it meant this other thing, and I was fascinated by it. I loved it, and I don't know why, right? Like, I don't, I don't understand what that is about me, because I don't really do that anymore. I mean, I don't quiz myself on anything like that, but I don't know. There was just something about sports and, 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 and the icons and the military icons and boy, howdy, if Hogan's Heroes didn't have all of that, right? Because it didn't have just Americans. It had the French military, it had the British military, it had uh, uh, German military, and then it had the SS, and then it had just all of these. And then, and then, you know, and so growing up in the 1970s, you know, Nazis were not the just you know, horrible demons that we have later been re-educated upon because it's not like, you know, oh, surprise, you know, because it's like the, the, the World War II ended in, what, 45? You know, there were a good 30 years between end of the war and Hogan's Heroes where, what what happened? What happened, everybody? Where, <laughs> I mean... We, we, we found Auschwitz. We found Dachau. Ow. Ow. Um, you know, in 1945. It's not like we needed Hogan's here. It's not like we needed Bob Crane to show us the way. And Richard Dawson. God damn that beagle. Anyway. Um, no. It was, it was, uh, World War Two. it was, we had all the evidence. And okay, maybe it took us some time to get some more evidence. But really? 30 years for us to get evidence? Now, I look, hey man, hey man, I understand. We got the internet now. God, I love the internet. You know, Miriam said that uh, if she was available to uh, marry a department store chain, she would marry Target. Um, well, look, it's not, no, wait, no, it is my first choice. I take that back. Yeah, it, absolutely. It would be my first choice if I had to marry a department store chain. So, um, cause I'm in it frequently. Actually, that's not true. I would marry Trader Joe's first and then, um, Target. But, uh, if I had to, oh, I'll be honest with you. I forgot my train of thought. And this is really sad. Like, this is the first time. I've ever had a lack of train of thought in a podcast because, no, I, you know, I, I pride myself on being able to backtrace, you know, all my steps. I, I admit I am drinking this evening. 
Um, it's Tuesday. It's damn hot outside. I, I believe I've mentioned that. Anyway, um, but let's get back to, to what I was, uh, before I lost my train of thought. I love the internet. Like, Miriam, okay, Miriam can have her second husband be uh, Target department stores if my second husband, uh, wife, uh, shit, uh, my, my second wife can be the internet, because I love the internet so much. So, I get it. Okay, all right, now I'm back on track. I get it. You know, in 1940, oh, 1964, 1964. Oh, my God. 19, let's go to back to 1963 for a second. 1963, the president, John F. Kennedy. Yeah, John F. Kennedy, not Jr. He, he died later. And John F. Kennedy got shot in the head and only one dude filmed it. Sapruder. For those of you who are playing Trivial Pursuit right now and are listening to this and ignoring your family, Zapruder. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so, so, so Zapruder was the only dude there. Like nowadays, like every network and their mom would be everywhere the president is. The idea that one, only one person captured this is crazy. So let's talk about that for a second. Like, what were the news media's thinking? Like, eh, it's another thing president's doing. Nah, don't care. Listen, we got a cat stuck up in the tree somewhere. Wahawkin, you're on the air. That's right. That was Larry King's first job, was being that cranky old guy telling um, uh, beat reporters they couldn't do the thing that they wanted to do. But really, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, uh, I don't know. I've got no reason, because it's just like... Nowadays, this is big, big news. A dude making, a, a president, leader of the free world, making an appearance not TV worthy, right? Not local TV worthy, not uh, national TV worthy. Like, what the hell? And, and I get it, you know, nowadays it's different because we have this idea of, well, we can repost all this material again and see it again and again. But still, I sort of feel like... This is the president. You know, we've had recorded media for a good 20 years now. Oh, no, no. We had it since the since the 20s. Like, uh, you know, I think the man in the moon was uh, done in like 29. Yeah. Really? The president coming to your town? There isn't anybody in this one horse town known as Dallas, Texas. I believe they had two horses in 1963. Now, anybody, nobody ever said, I, I really want to have a video. I want to film. I want an eight millimeter, no sound movie of the president riding in a motorcade on our street. <sighs> Boy, I really don't understand this country sometimes. I mean, I was an extra on a, Oh, who's that guy? He did uh, Do the Right Thing, and he's always in the Knicks games, and he's causing trouble, and um, he was uh, Mars in those uh, Nike uh, things. Oh, shit, I'll remember later. Anyway, like, I was an extra in something that he did in Chinatown, and one of the people walked by with a cell phone and took a picture of him, right? Like, that's how starstruck we are now, right? We're like, stars are running amok, we see them everywhere, we see them on TV and all the time. Even then, we were like, I have to get a picture of this guy, this 
C-level, annoying piece of shit. All right, he's not a piece of shit. Annoying film director. I have to get a picture of him. A guy who clearly hates white people. I, the tiny little white girl, ha- not not me, I mean the woman with the cell phone, have to get a picture of him. Hey, the beagle stopped barking. I wonder what happened. I don't understand. I don't understand any of this. Anyway. Oh, right. So let's get back to Hogan's Heroes for just a second. See, I'm, I'm not completely lost it. Um, yeah, Hogan's Heroes ruined world... I'm not... No, I'm sorry, not Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, Hogan's Heroes screwed me up. Because I remember saying to my mom at one point, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, I, I know this might ruin my career in Hollywood, but I'm almost 40, and I think it might be okay. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I said to my mom, you know, I was like nine or something, and I was like, yay, mom, um, I think I want to go as a Nazi for Halloween. And my mom, my mom was smart enough to be like, eh, look, my mom's a smart lady, all right? She didn't mess around. But she was like, yeah, you know, there are a lot of people who are still very sensitive about World War II. Like, she was trying to be cool about it. Like, I know in her heart, she was like, uh, you don't understand. They did some nasty-ass shit, right? But she was like, look, there are a lot of people still very sensitive about World War II. And to me, like, everything I saw on TV... It all happened, like, two weeks ago, or recently, or now. Like, when the monkeys, they said, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we might be coming to your town. I was like, holy shit, monkeys are coming to my town. Okay, that show hadn't had one new episode in, like, 20 years. Uh, and still, I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. The monkeys are coming. But we know now, right? It's podcast, right? I gotta, I gotta think like people in the future. So yeah, World War II really screwed me up for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, sorry, Hogan's Heroes screwed me up about World War II. And it wasn't really until uh, I was a junior in high school. And we had a woman who came to our German class who came and talked to us about what it was like to be in, you know, Germany during World War II. And what's crazy, I still don't understand this, but I would say really, so that would have put it at 1987? 1987, absolutely. That was the year. Uh, No, 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 98. No, no, 97. Take it back, 97. Um, that, That was really the first year we got a dose of this is what Nazi Germany was really like. How crazy is that? So, for all you kids who are like, the internet has always existed. No, it hasn't. And, you know, oh, good Lord. So, for, so, you know, it's just proof positive uh, that, um, that, that dogs are crazy. So, this brings me to another point, which is, who the hell gets a chihuahua? All right. Star! All right, so we have a lovely, 
uh, Samoyed uh, Golden Retriever mix. She's a great dog most of the time, but she gets a little weird when she hears voices outside or knocking at the door, or if you're watching TV and there's a knocking at the door, which I don't understand because it's like, look, don't you understand that you can the, the speakers are obviously straight in front of you. That is where the knocking is coming from, and yet our front door is the other way. I mean, it's it's basically the polar opposite behind you, and yet you don't understand this. I am saying this for, of course, um, none of you people in the future. I'm saying this purely for um, my friends who, you know, don't get to see me as much, which is one of the reasons why I do this podcast, which we'll be getting to later. So anyway, so uh, just getting back to just to finish up the, the kids, you kids in the future with your internet and thinking that the internet was always there. No, it wasn't. And not only was the internet always there, cultural sensitivity wasn't always there. Uh, having respect for others wasn't there. Uh, 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 political correctness wasn't always there. There were a lot of crazy crap that wasn't always there. And some of it, you know, political correctness, there's no way we could have made uh, Blazing Saddles today, you know, but yet a lot of people say, awesome movie. So, you know, political correctness in its pants, uh, you know, is is great, but too much, I don't know, people, people love that movie. Oh, hey, and speaking of political correctness, uh, this uh, works its way uh, awesomely into uh, what's going on in the news right now. Uh, Dr. Laura Schlesinger dropped the N-bomb uh, eight, eight times in a very short time span on her radio show. I'm not going to go into who Dr. Laura is because it's not important. I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, but anyway, for you kids in the future, uh, you're not allowed to say the N-word. And in fact, I'm not even going to say it here because I'm just so scared of it. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's so, but my favorite part is, is, uh, she was talking to a black caller. I think you can say black still. That's kind of weird. Um, oh, hey, by the way, I had a teacher in college who, uh, he was trying, he, he told us exactly where he stood on how do you refer to black people? And he said, you know, I, I don't like the term African American because my parent my, my my grandparents my grandparents came from Haiti. They're not Africans. You can't call me an African American. And honestly, it's a stupid term because you know, good old Larry King, like I mentioned earlier, uh, he had a he had a guest on his show once who was black but from England. Well, she's not an African American, and I don't know if she would necessarily identify herself as African, but, you know, she's a, you know, the, a person of color. I mean, can we even say that anymore? But anyway, Dr. Laura had the, uh, this, uh, this black woman and, and, and I, and I actually really think, cause the, cause my teacher went on to say that he really identifies with black because it defines an experience. And he said, like, you know, you, you take somebody from Haiti, you take somebody from Africa, you take somebody from uh, 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 Jamaica, and, and when you bring them here, the, the, you know, you put them in the South, for instance, like a redneck, um, a member of the Ku Klux Klan is not going to differentiate, right? He's not going to be like, now, wait a minute. 
Oh, wait, no, 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 don't tell me. I bet I can guess which where you're from. No, no, of course, no, they're not going to do that. They're just going to hurl an epithet at you and be like, all right, kill yourself. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know what they yell afterwards. They got to have a good tagline, right? They got to look a good catchphrase like, hey, die. So anyway, Dr. Laura who I actually didn't think was still on the air. Like, when they heard that Dr. Laura was involved in a kerfuffle, I was like, huh? Eh? Really? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, I, I, so she, she got on the air, and she said, um, you know, uh, she dropped the N-bomb a bunch. Oh, well, all right, I'm not going to get into it, because... Um, it, it, I, I really don't have that much of a new take on it. And, and obviously, I'm sure you're super inundated with it at this point. So the only thing, the only new take I have on it was she started in with this caller who said she was black, her husband was white, and a lot of people had been saying some insensitive things to her. And then they go to commercial. They're going to commercial. Uh, they're fading out with Journeys. Send her my love, Journey the band, and the song Send her my love. They're going into commercial, and then they come back with after she's dropped the n bomb like mm, four or five times. They come back with some Motown classic that even I didn't recognize, and uh, I was like, "Whoa, what is that?" And but yet it feels like somebody in the engineering booth was like. <laughs> can we make this show more, I don't know, ethnically diverse than a crazy Skeletor-looking white woman? <laughs> so it just seems very planned. I mean, Journey, the whitest of white music, uh, other than um, maybe uh, Bay City Rollers or the Archies. Yeah, all right, I'll say there are three. Maybe not the whitest of white, but Journey's pretty damn white so uh yeah so they so the musical choices i found ironical true story all right so uh let's just get back to my health situation uh just for those people who are curious or were concerned about uh what i've been going through um uh i went to the doctor yet again and um still nobody knows what's going on Nobody has any idea. And this is the crazy thing about medicine now. It's just like, wow, we really don't know. Like um, uh, a good old uh, wife Miriam's Uncle Gary went to the doctor for a year for liver trouble. Or uh, was it liver or kidney? Shit, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, he had a bile duct that was blocked. And finally they found it. And then they looked and they were like, oh, your bile duct's not where we thought it should be. And that was their answer. Not like, hey man, you gotta sue that guy because he's an idiot that he didn't recognize his bile duct earlier. It was just like, whoopsie. So it's just really weird how little they know about medicine. So I've got throat sprays and nose sprays and allergy pills and all kinds of crazy crap I can take. God, I hope this is better by my birthday. Because I'm turning 40 this year, and I really, really don't want this cough with me on my birthday. Okay, it's the phone. Great. I'll go get that. I'm back from the call. 
back from all the interruptions. By the way, oh, I have to just, uh, before I get to uh, today's topic, which is uh, super slight at best, um, I have to talk about uh, the neighbor's annoying dog, which is the Chihuahua. Now listen, I know that there were two very nice people, minimum, two very nice people who had Chihuahuas where I used to work. One who was a super cool guy, and one who had big tits. So she gets a pass. Anyway, so um, the, the Chihuahua is a beguiling animal. I don't think I'm using that word right, but who cares? It's, it, if, if you are going to get a dog, get a dog. And even this annoying, stupid beagle or or a hound dog of any kind. You know, beagles are part of the hound family. Oh, it's true, true, true story. Uh, yes, absolutely. Get a dog. Don't get this rat mixed with cat mixed with dog monster hybrid. This is an abomination upon the dog species. Because... I, and and look, I get it. You you want a dog. You don't have a big apartment. You know, that's the way it goes. Look, this dog, if you live in an apartment, maybe. If you live in a house, no way. Because in a house, this dog will cause you nothing, nothing but grief. And I don't care if you're a gay man and you want an accessory, which I think the dudes at the end of our block might be... And that's fine. I'm cool with that. You want to be gay? I would honestly rather see you ass-fucking on your lawn than have to deal with your fucking dog. All right. That chihuahua is a pain in my ass. So here's the deal. I'm walking my beautiful dog out in the neighborhood and then out of nowhere. Oh, here comes the chihuahua. And the Chihuahua has no boundaries. The Chihuahua doesn't understand um, uh, anything. It doesn't understand it's a small dog. It will bark. It will yip. It will run across everywhere. It gets through every small slatted fence that you have. And, of course, the real problem are the Chihuahua owners, right? It's not the dog's fault. But the owners don't seem to understand this is a dog, right? I don't care how big, how small. It's a dog. You have to treat it like a dog. Dogs have special rules, you know? You have to put them on leashes, and you have to pick their shit up, and, you know, all these things that, like, chihuahua owners were like, I have to have a dog, and yet, I'm not going to treat it like a dog. And so this is the problem I'm running into, is that, like, these chihuahuas are just running out of their homes, and it's like, hey, 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 if you had a... St. Bernard, you wouldn't let it do that. You'd keep an eye on that massive motherfucker. And the same thing with these stupid little dogs. And honestly, St. Bernard, way less confrontational than the Chihuahua. The Chihuahua actually is a way worse uh, headache, you know, in order to try to keep track of this stupid thing. Because, again, like I said, they'll just run out in the middle of the street because they see another dog. Okay, so I have to admit, uh, today is a couple of days later. Uh, the, the heat wave is gone again. You know, summer lasted for like two days and now it's cold and windy. Uh, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a, a, a nice warm October. Come on, October! Uh, but yet again, proof positive global warming is monkey, is, is 
alive and well. And don't call it global warming. It's global climate change. Because all those dipshits uh, like to go, hell, it's cold. Doesn't feel like global warming to me. Yes, because it's global climate change. And I have to say, I had to, um, I had to ditch a lot of uh, what I recorded because, you know, when I, I, I'm, it's now, you know, two days later and I'm not drinking and it's the middle of the afternoon. No, it's the morning because uh, I, I got to do laundry and I wanted to get this out of the way before I did that. But uh, I thought last time I did a drunken podcast, it worked out really well and I was so proud of myself. And then um, I did uh, the one like two or three days ago and it was like, oh, that sucked. I'm just talking about a bunch of shit that, you know, it doesn't matter and nobody cares about and it's just kind of rambling. Yeah. So anyway, so I think, you know, now, now I'm soured on it. Now I don't want to do it anymore, but who knows? We'll see. All right, anyway, enough with the chihuahuas. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get on to uh, today's topic, uh, just simplicity, right? And I think uh, this is something that we all have to remind ourselves occasionally. So often we get tied up in crazy details, right? Like, it doesn't matter what we're doing. It's always like, well, I'm going to have a party, and it's going to be like this, and there's going to be this crazy theme, and it's just like... What? No, you just want to have some friends over. That's just all you have to do. Just have some friends over. Same thing with all, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the internet, like, uh, web videos people make. It's like, oh, I want to have effects and I want to do all this stuff. It's like, really? Have you seen most of the web videos? They're pretty darn simple, right? They're not a whole lot to them. If you've got a good idea, people will watch it. That's all. And in fact, I would say the details, the lack of simplicity in our lives is the thing that holds us back from getting things done because we see we have these sort of grand ideas of how we want to do things and then we just get overwhelmed by the details, right? Like, for instance, like even ordering food, right? I know uh, people who they get into a restaurant and there's three pages on a menu, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to get. There's so many choices. They're overwhelmed by choices. Okay. So I have figured it out. Um, well, it works for me, at least. I have some go-to items that I always like, right? And I figured this out over years. And of course, my go-to items are not going to be the same as yours. So make up your own list. I'm not here to tell you who you are. Uh, but, you know, like ice cream. I go into an ice cream shop. Baskin Robbins. 31 Flavors. Am I going to spend a half an hour picking out the perfect ice cream flavor? No! Chocolate chip. That's what I want. I want chocolate chip ice cream. Not mint chocolate chip. Keeping it simple. Chocolate chip. And I want it in, um, uh, is it a sugar cone? No, it's the plain. It's the brown one with the tip. We're going to talk about porn in a second. Uh, but that's what I want. And I get, and I get a lot of choices and I just, I don't want to spend a half an hour deciding what I want. I have decided no matter what, right? Thai food, spicy garlic, uh, ice cream, chocolate chip, Chinese food, sweet and sour pork. And honestly, also the other thing too, with, with, with sort of simplifying these choices in my life, it also, I have now set some benchmarks, right? So if I, if I go into a Chinese restaurant and I've never been there before, I will order the sweet and sour pork because I'm like, hey, you know, is, is this place any good? Let's, let's test out their sweet and sour pork. Let's see how it goes. And if they pass the sweet and sour pork test, then I'm like, 
all right, maybe this place ain't so bad, right? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also getting my benchmarks out there as well as simplifying my life. Oh, and that's another thing. You know, um, Adam Carolla was talking about how uh, Nicolas Cage was just getting rid of a bunch of his stuff. Now, of course, Nicolas Cage was also having uh, IRS problems. But, um, of course, the official line from Nicolas Cage was, you know... After my divorces, I need to simplify my life. And uh, so he started selling off, you know, houses and Superman comics and Elvis memorabilia and stuff like that. And Adam Carolla had an interesting thought, too, where he was, you know, talking about how he's got all these cars. Now, of course, he's not ready to let go of all these cars, just like Jay Leno is not going to do it. But he says, you know... I have, I'm sort of almost ruled by these cars because I, I've got so many, need a place to put them. Uh, I've got to pay, you know, rent or mortgage on that place. I've got to upkeep it. I've got to, you know, and then there's just all this stuff that if you just simplified it, it would just make your life that much less stressful. And now, speaking of porn, I have a note to the porn makers of the world. Please. Keep the porn simple. Let me provide a little historical context for those people who don't remember or are too young. So, you know, back in the days, back in the 60s, uh, porn was actually semi-legitimate, right? Like, if you read the history of porn, um, a, a movie like Deep Throat was actually in a legitimate movie theater. Celebrities would go to see it at midnight showings. Like, it was a, it was a real deal. Like, not, not to be ashamed of... No, no sweat. Probably people were not masturbating in the theaters. Probably. But still, you know, it's still kind of a weird idea. So that was the 60s. And then uh, I think it was the late 70s videotape was invented. Wow. <laughs> and God, I feel old. Anyway, so videotape was invented. And then porn immediately, you know, stopped being shot on film. Immediately got... Uh, Oh, right. Um, okay, so we all switch over to videotape uh, because porn is all about, you know, just cheap. And uh, they start shooting it all on videotape, and then there's this uh, huge uh, boom of, of uh, porn on videotape now. Um, and then we get into uh, sort of the late 80s, early 90s, and, you know, back in the day... There were like five dudes who did porn, right? Because, you know, getting an erection with a room full of people and then being able to hold out for a while until you can, you know, shoot on command. Well, that's a, that's a skill. That's a talent. But then in the early 90s comes Viagra. Bum, bum, bum. And then, like, any idiot can be in porn, right? So now there's just a, a flood of porn. And then in the late 90s, early thousands, porn gets on the internet, uh, and then, um, there's, uh, this mad rush for the, how porn is, is desperate to try to figure out how to monetize the internet. And then a thousand porn websites spring up overnight and, um, they're all trying to find their niche, right? So it's not enough anymore just to have people having sex. No, everybody's doing that. I need to have a niche. So I'm going to have, you know, bondage films and girls getting peed on and loads in the face and just all this stuff. But the problem is, at some point, there was no longer the original product, right? There was no longer just hot women having sex because... 
you know, all those people, those people who started doing that on the internet, they saw all the niche markets and they were like, oh my God, those guys are totally ramping it up. We need to ramp it up now too. And then everybody kept ramping up and ramping up. And then the original product was lost. And so they lost their original consumer base and they were all chasing these crazy niche fetish groups. And it's like, hey man, just, what about us, man? What about, what about us who just like to see hot chicks having sex? We don't need crazy tattoos and spitting and, and just, and peeing and anal and I I don't need any of that. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't need anal. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see people doing it. I don't care. I don't need it. Just give me hot chicks having sex. So porn industry. Remember, your original group, keep it simple. I don't need, I don't even need a storyline, really. I mean, I know that there are those out there who do. Okay. I'm not opposed to the storyline. I just want hot chicks having sex. Is that too much to ask? As much as I want to stress simplicity, making our lives easier, freer, beware of the simple answer. I know we all want the simple answer. And, and a lot of times, look, man, hey, I do tech support. I look for the simple answer all the time. Sometimes I get it, right? Sometimes it's so easy. At least try the simple answer and see how it works. See if it makes sense. See if it solves your problem. But the thing I learned, again, learning from movies, learning from pop culture, from the first uh, uh, Tim Burton Batman movie, you know, they were all looking for this magic ingredient that the Joker was using uh, to, you know, make people go crazy. And what they realized was there were two, yes, two components that he was putting in the beauty products. I hope I didn't spoil that movie for anybody. Uh, it's only been 20 years. And uh, it was only when the two products came together, you know, it was like hairspray plus lipstick, you know, that the chemicals reacted in your brain and drove you insane. And, th- and there's a lot of times that's it. And, and in politics, we all look for the simple answer. I mean, God, Rush Limbaugh's made a whole career out of feeding people the simple answer. And of course, not really all that simple. But here's the beauty part. You can always take complicated things and simplify them to make it more understandable. Uh, There's a great podcast. For those of you who who actually care about money and economy and stuff like that, there's this great podcast called Planet Money. And they did a whole episode about the mortgage crisis. And it's like, they are so good at making things understandable. It just is like, it, it makes you angry almost that like people didn't see this coming. Right? Like, of course. You know, and, and I say, you know, I wrote this uh, movie, and, um, you know, I wrote this movie, and I always had this fantasy of, like, you know, going around doing press junkets and stuff, and people saying, like, uh, oh, oh, sir, that could never happen, eh? I guess I'm doing a press junket in Canada. Uh, oh, that could never happen, eh? Because the a world economy would never let that happen. And I would say, you only say that because it hasn't happened yet. Oh, and finally, uh, I want to talk to you about this new computer I built, uh, and I guess this fits into today's topic a little bit. Um, So I got this computer, and the reason I got it is because it was cheap. And the reason it was cheap is because it was sold in pieces, right? I wasn't buying this from HP or Dell or anybody. It was just like, 
Comp, Comp USA on their website was uh, doing this bundle package, and they were like, here's a motherboard, here's a processor, we know they all go together, here's some RAM, buy it, low, low price, there you go. Okay. And also, I, you know, I've been working on my Chef and the Novice video, and I need to render that out, and I just needed a faster computer to do that. So anyway, I, I got this thing, which I am now recording this podcast on. Um, anyway, so... I get the mother, I get it all together, I piece it together, I put all the pins on all the wires and everything, and I hit the power button, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. No puff of smoke, no no buzzing, no beeping, no nothing. Nothing happens. So, I, I, it sucks because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a package deal. So, of course, I don't know who to call. I got no tech support help. I, I don't know. So, of course, who do I call? My dad, because my dad, uh, you know, has built a bunch more computers than I have, because uh, he works down at SeniorNet in San Jose, and he helps them and does all the stuff for them, too. So anyway, so I call him, and he comes up, because he's retired, you know, hey, why not? Uh, and he takes one look at it, and he says, oh, you put the power on wire on the wrong pins. Okay, now, immediately I felt stupid. But really, motherboard manufacturer, you've got a whole set of pins grouped tightly together. They're all color-coded, except for the power-on pins and the pins that do nothing. They are both color-coded black. Really? You couldn't spend an extra half a cent to color the other one, I don't know, gray, white? There were colors you hadn't used up yet? Come on! Help me out here! It's the power on! It's not like we're talking about the speaker or something non-essential. I mean, the power on is about as essential as it gets! Help me out here! But of course, at least they did, you know, me a favor and put the two as far away as possible, but they're both on the ends, and so if you... I'm just trying to not feel stupid about this, but anyway, my dad takes two seconds, looks at it and goes, Oh, that's wrong. And then, you know, moves the wire over, hits the button, fans are going, everything's going. I'm just like, oh. So, in that situation, sometimes the simple solution is the, is the real answer. Because, of course, you know, I had checked the wiring four or five times, but, you know, my, my mind was racing. Like, maybe I shorted out the motherboard. Maybe the power supply was blown and all this stuff. No, no, it was really the simple answer. But the kind of cool thing was, it gave uh, me and my dad a reason to hang out. You know, because we don't just hang out. You know, we don't have that much in common. But it was cool. You know, we had this, you know, nice day of just building this computer together. And it was, it was, uh, it was a good time, you know. We talked about, you know, family and things and whatnot. And, you know, all right, maybe... Um, Maybe, maybe the motherboard manufacturer did me a favor by making this one thing too complicated, knowing I would screw it up, knowing I would have to call my father, and we would have a nice day of it. All right, so the only point I'm trying to get out there is don't let the details get you down. Find a way to simplify your life. You'll be happier in the long run. So from me... For simplicity, for Tyler Durden, for the music of Bright Brown, which I don't say enough. Let's do this one more time! Till then! <laughs>